Screenless. Welcome to another creative cuppa. I hope you're doing okay and have a cuppa in hand. What is it today? Tea, coffee, something fruity, gin? Let me know on the social media using at ScreenlessPod. It's the same on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, today's chat has a theme of variety. And variety is something I've chatted to my guests about before. And Kim was no exception. I personally tend to favour variety in my work, from writing music to picture to creating audio idents and other bits for companies, to working with people on their podcasts. It's all sound, but it has variety. It's creatively satisfying for me. And as the amazing writer and teacher Kate Clanchy said in the very first episode of Creative Cuppa, all the different sides nourish each other, something that really resonated with me. I wonder what variety you encounter in your work. Do you like the variety? Or do you prefer focusing on a single thing and carving out a niche for yourself? Let me know on the social media. Either way, settle in for the next 11 minutes and 22 seconds and listen to Kim Sheehan share her thoughts and experiences. Enjoy. Kim Sheehan, opera soprano, contemporary singer. Welcome to Creative Cover. Thanks, Gareth. I'm delighted to be here. You're very welcome. You've said before that you didn't set out to be an opera singer. So how then would you say you found your voice? That's a really beautiful question because it's kind of, it's what defines me as an artist at the moment, because early in my life, when I discovered I could sing was when I had a piano lesson and I absolutely hated it. And she said, well, look, I can't keep teaching her piano, but I think she can sing. And so I, I discovered that I could sing there and then. And for me, it was a complete eye opener. It became kind of like my superpower oh, wow. because I would sing everywhere. I'd sing in the shops, I'd sing at home, in the shower, in the garden, walking to school. So it just became kind of like part of my journey kind of as a teenager, my discovery. And it gave me a lot of strength to know that I kind of had this you know, like, as I said, superpower that I could kind of like lean in on whenever I needed to. And um, it, yeah, it just gave me a strength and a feeling of belonging, a feeling of purpose. And it kind of rose above any other kind of troubles I had when I was a teenager. Wow. Yeah, it's quite empowering. What kind of songs were you singing? I mean, obviously, you wouldn't be singing opera in the shower at that point. What kind of things were you constantly singing well i i sang a lot of Joni mitchell i listened to a lot of mariah carey surprisingly enough um because i was just so interested in her vocal range because i had the same range wow that's some range isn't it yeah it was unbelievable freddie mercury like anyone who was just a great vocalist yeah. and and lyricist was what I was kind of interested in. I didn't really mind whether what they were, what kind of genre they came from or what um, era they came from. Um, Ella Fitzgerald, Peggy Lee, um, how they played with their voices. But almost always the singers that I was interested in kind of imitating almost when you're a teenager, as you do, were the singers who I thought had, I mean, I didn't realise it at the time, but I they had a, like a classical kind of background. Yeah. 
you know, they were, it wasn't a specific type of um, singing that kids learn right now when they go to certain schools. But mm. you could definitely hear that there was technique. And yes. I think that yeah. was what I kind of hung on to. And that was what I would like recreate. And I liked musical theatre a lot as well, even though I didn't sing it myself. There's a little connection there to, to opera, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Your preparation training, that's been well documented. It led you to the Royal Opera House in Covent Garden, an amazing building. What did it feel like to walk out on that stage for the very first time? Well, it, it was it was actually an interesting show because I was actually singing from the pit because it was a, with a ballet. Oh. Yeah, it oh, was right. <laughs> it was the premiere of Jonathan Dove's Diana and Acteon, a part of uh, Metamorphosis that was at the Opera House. So, which was even more interesting singing from the pit. Yeah. Um, because I was surrounded by all these extraordinarily loud instruments and I was in with the wind, in the in with the wind instruments. Um, however, <laughs> I did get to walk out on stage at the end of the performances and um, it was electrifying because all the energy from the dancers were still on the stage and you can see all the bits of uh, all the bits of dust still floating around the air. So that was wow. really quite beautiful because you don't get that in opera. It's always quite it's a different energy. So yeah. um, and just to walk out and hear people clapping and look at the audience and it was very special. Yeah, very special. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, for listeners, you can go to, we'll we'll talk about your website where you can go and see and hear performances and, and things like that. But when I did look at your website, I noticed another side, the contemporary singing side. And on uh, YouTube, there's a video for the Cork Midsummer Festival uh, for All That Is Sound. And it shows a very different side to your music, very still and meditative. And as a composer, I found that video really fascinating. Uh, you're kind of composing on the spot. How did you go about crafting that sound? That sound is, um, that sounds based on kind of everything I am believing in at the moment. You know, I study yogic philosophy, meditation, but not only that, all the techniques that I've learned through studying opera. And I'm not talking about the techniques that you use when you're on the stage. I'm talking about the practice room techniques, the stuff mm. that people don't see, you know, all the different exercises that we do, like scalic, tilt, yodel, and how they're used internally to create, to kind of go inside and pull something out that's completely unique to you. Whereas when you're singing opera, you're creating a character that um, has been written and created not for you. And there's a conductor in the room and there's an orchestra and everything is very much out of your control. Yes, yeah. you, you're yeah. in the driving seat, but it's out of your control. Whereas with um, the project that I'm working on right now, um, I, I would say that it is just the essence of me at this moment in time, after having had this you know, journey into opera and my, the journey out of it, and as well as that, it's definitely a study of linguistics, kind of married yeah. with the philosophy of sound. Yeah, yeah. I encourage people to put the uh, the link to that video in the show notes so people can go and see it because it's very different to you know you wouldn't automatically think it was the same person singing almost because uh, your opera style and your contemporary singing style quite different. You've talked about also in other interviews about rejection and how that motivates you, and that's quite a an empowering attitude to have. Can you kind of tell us about that and perhaps moments where 
you have had to motivate yourself from rejection. Yeah. So, uh, you know, re rejection is probably a large part of any artist's kind of life. Mm. Um, but you have to keep on going and you have to stay focused on your purpose and on your ambition and on what it is that you want to create, the message that you want to put across. And even in, you know, in the opera career. Yeah, I mean, I had rejection, but I also had a lot of very, uh, I also had a lot of acceptance had a lot of job yeah. offers. And it's every time you get one of those job offers, it's like you take that moment and you build on it and you don't let it go. And then when the rejection comes in, it's 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 okay. I've held on to this now and I know what it feels like to be successful in getting one step closer to what I want. And um, yeah, rejection is very difficult. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> of mean, course, yeah, of course. yeah. And I've had some big rejections, you know, but like I've also had some big, big job offers. So oh, yeah. it's 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 very difficult. And even now with them. Um, pushing forward with this new project. Yeah, there's definitely rejections there as well. But um, I'm even more, I think my belief in the project is even stronger than it would be in my opera career because there's so many other factors in opera career as to why you don't get a job. Yeah. Whereas um, with this contemporary project that I'm working on, I think I just believe in it so much that I know that the when the time is right, the right things will happen. And I just need to keep writing great music and keep coming up with good ideas and feeling impassioned when I'm in the recording studio. And yeah, and then just not getting something doesn't even matter because something will come along. And I'm actually that was something my mother always instilled in me. You know, she said, just get out there and get yourself a job if you need a job. And she she said, just push the rejection aside. That's just one person's opinion. And, it, you know, there are millions of people in the world. So, yeah, I, I think that's uh, great advice. Certainly, I would give that advice to a younger me. You know, and very often in what I do with soundtracks, so you're you're essentially telling someone else's story. So it's about the fit, isn't it? Is what I'm doing going to complement what they're doing? And you know, am I helping to tell their story, or is it just not a good fit? Half the time, it's about that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, rather than just trying to force <laughs> something that's that's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, and even if, when you do have a job that you really are so grateful for having and then it really isn't a good fit and you're, yeah. you have to struggle through it and get from A to Z and um, keep your cool and stay creative and stay open and that's a real challenge for a lot of artists and mm. uh, you just have to forge ahead really and believe in what you're doing. Yeah that's amazing. So where can people find you online and your music and you and everything well at the moment i'm still kind of a little bit underground because we've recorded the entire album during the lockdown period and wow. it's in the edit uh there's still a couple of vocals still to add but um as a whole it's there already so this is all that is sound this is the album. all that is sound album which is going to be Fantastic. i don't know when it's coming out we're not i'm not rushing with it because i just yep. think that it's actually really good and I think that um, it will suit the time whenever it's released. But um, it's definitely going to be going ahead as a as a live performance at the Cork Midsummer Festival next year. And I'll also take it to Dublin to the Project Arts Centre there as well. So they're they're getting involved and they love the project based on the um, video that I made at home yeah. for the uh, Midsummer Moments. So and I have a couple of extracts on on my website. But that's it for now. I'm just kind of keeping it low profile. I'm doing a bit of writing. I'll be putting out a blog 
um just to kind of go alongside with that but you know i'll be making a couple more videos um the same as that one and you know i've got two small children at home so they kind of dictate my <laughs> my output shall i say <laughs> but fantastic yeah that's it I, I, what i would say is just keep an eye out and yeah. follow, follow me on twitter and instagram and 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 stuff will kind of gradually filter through as Great. we get news of whether anyone's interested in um, signing up the album or not who knows yeah well i'll put those links in the show notes too and uh, then we can share and like and <laughs> get people interested in your fantastic all that is sound at sound really looking forward to that but for now kim sheehan thank you so much for joining me for a cuppa thanks gareth Thanks again to Kim for her time. I'm looking forward to hearing her album when she releases it. If you click on the All About Sound link in the show notes in your app, you'll be able to see and hear that video from uh, the Cork Midsummer Festival from June 2020. You can find other links to her work in the show notes too. Uh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving Creative Cuppa a five-star rating and some kind words. It's a great way of helping a podcast with zero budget you can find out how to do that at creativecupper.uk. And of course, if you are liking what you are hearing, please tell a friend and help to spread the word. Until next time, have a great week. Mm-hmm.